Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by screenwriter, director, and producer Philip Sedwick. <laughs> welcome to the room, Philip. How are you this evening? I am fine, thank you. And what nice applause. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it. Um, first, I have to start off. Um, I don't know if you're real familiar with my podcast, but I do like to do research on all my guests. So with that said, I'd like to start off with complimenting you on your extensive award listings for the film industry. Everything from quarter finalist Creative World Awards in 2013 to Best Suspense Short Screenplay at the Wild Bunch Film Festival in 2022. And there's a lot mentioned, not, not mentioned here, and as far as your new work as well. But more words, awards than I can count for 30-something in Denver. So here's another cheer for you. <laughs> Well, thank you, thank you. You know, it's always great to be selected for a film festival. It's even better when you win. Well, yes, of course. And I think it's yeah. awesome. I really do. I was reading through all your claims and I was like, wow, he really has... You really know what you're doing. That's all I'll give you that. You really seem to know what you're doing. Well, thank you. I, um, I like to think I do. And, um, you know, some days it feels like that more than it does other days. Whenever you're in production, you'll have a day where everything is just flawless and well-greased. And it's like, oh, man, this is gravy. <laughs> and the day you can't put your feet on the ground correctly. Oh, I fully understand that. Not in the same sense as the film director, but I understand um, as far as what I do on this side of the mic. So talk... Yeah. Talk to me about, and I'm going to use your phrasing, so please forgive me, herding of cats. <laughs> a small a small play on your words in, uh, an, in an interview done last year as in reference to how the film industry can be fraught with all sorts of complications. Can you elaborate to our, elaborate, I'm sorry, a little tongue-tied, to our listeners on that? Well, it's the kind of thing where when you're on set, there's a lot of things to manage. You know, the director is trying not to micromanage, but, you know, the producer will be out of earshot. And, you know, you'll be saying, you know, I need that guy with the drone to be over here. I need this person over here to do this. And, you know, things just... Um, get all confused and spread out and, and all of that kind of thing. And there are things that happen, for instance, when we shot the last film, Meteoric, we were out in the desert, and it, it was a very windy day, it was very bright, the sound guys were trying to sync up the mic receivers and transmitters, and they couldn't see the digital display, it was so bright. Oh wow. So that was something that we hadn't, that we hadn't figured that we were going to put in. Wow. So, you know, we had to, we had to juggle around that, and we did, and that was that was good, ultimately. I mean, we, we got there, but um, it took a little doing. Huh. Well, so when you talk about getting everything together, since you're working with such a large vast on, um, 
oh, what do you call it, on set, there's the word, on set. Tell me about the scheduling. How, how hard is it to get everything niched, to get everybody in place for the right timing? Um, it's very hard. Uh, it's the kind of thing where one person will decide they're going to go touch up their makeup, another person needs another bathroom break. You know, trying to get everybody there at the, at the correct time is, is a bit of a challenge. But it's, uh, it's really the kind of thing that if you're well scheduled, um, do a, sh a shot list that's comprehensive and complete and allows for contingencies, it tends to go easier. But there's always Murphy's Law. And it's, it's well in play in all film production. It's just, it's just an amazingly crazy thing that happens. And, you know, it's, it's one of those kinds of things where um, you you just have to, you know, fight with it the best way you can. Fight with it, I mean, you have to engage it to be proactive, and you have to get the proper people to do their, to do their jobs. I mean, that's part of a director's job, but it's really more of a producer's job. The director is trying to stay focused on, you know, the filming, but on a, on a smaller production, on a lower budget production, sometimes people are in double capacity. And when you're in double capacity, you know, it's a little harder to get everything done quite as expeditiously as it should be. Right. I can understand that. Um, which hat in your profession as far as film do you think you wear better? Um, screenwriter, production, director? Which, which fits better? Um, well, probably screenwriter because I've just been doing it for so long. And it's the kind of thing where I know what I want to say, I communicate it, you know, it, it, I write a script, I, I leave places, I put kind of like um, psychic tabs on my screenplay where my gut doesn't feel right as I'm writing it. And then I go back to that particular part later and rework it. So, you know, that's a pretty comfortable process for me. The directing is relatively new. But I love working with actors. That's actually my favorite thing. And when they deliver the performances that that you the scene, I mean that's just that's ecstatic. Right. No, I'm better at screenwriting, but I'm getting better directing. Right. Well that's awesome. Um so in your thirties you started writing the great American novel. Explain to us how this made you make the leap from writing to the film industry. Well, what happened is I, I had this idea I was going to write a novel that was going to change the world because of all of the enlightenment that was contained within it. A friend who is a screenwriter, who is a screenwriter, and um, I was about 300 pages into my, my novel and she showed me a screenplay which was at the time 115 pages was standard and she showed me that and i looked at my stack of papers and was like wow that's like three times thicker <laughs> like how, how possible is it to get a screenplay made it's about the same the odds are similar to publishing a novel if you don't self-publish and it's a little like in, in, in film writing, you write a screenplay and it's like, well, you want somebody to make your movie, make your own damn movie. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, that, that, that ends up happening sometimes. Right. Um, but that was why I decided to go into the screenwriting. 
and I and I really like the format. I didn't know when I started writing if I could write, and I knew I could write novels, but I didn't know if I could write screenplays. So back in the day, I entered by the Academy of Motion Picture Sciences. So I sent the first draft of the second screenplay I ever wrote to them, and I placed this in quarterfinals. And that was it. Now, once that happened, and they said, you're, you know, this number out of X number of screenplays and all, as I come to do screenwriting, they'll say, well, do you have a treatment? And the screenwriter is thinking, why don't you read the screenplay? A treatment is actually written like a novel more of a, a traditional narrative form and it's not something you know a whole different mindset to write like that than it is to write a screenplay um so you know i would prefer that, that people read the screenplay as opposed to something else i wrote to describe it because that's really hard to do but at any rate long story short that's how that's how i made the leap from you know more narrative writing into screenwriting right now I've written uh, 12 books myself, and I have a few still on my desk that aren't quite finished. So, and I had a guest on last week who actually is a screenwriter as well, and I was asking her about the difference. Can you explain to our listeners um, how it differs as far as writing a screenplay in an example to Wilding and Nibel, as far as the format? How does it differ for you? When, when you write a novel, you are not all characters thinking. You know, it's like, well, they looked at these pictures and they remembered the time that mom, you know, threw the ice cream at them. Um, and, and so they reacted in this way. Well, in screenplay, you can't write the state of mind. You have to write the action. It has to be something that can be seen. And that's one of the things that happens with screenwriter feedback. A lot of times they'll get feedback. It's like, well, that's state of mind. And it's like, it's state of mind, okay, only when an actor can do it. Like if you show that the character is puzzled, you know, a really good actor knows how to do puzzle. Um, they're sitting there puzzling why they took this job anyway. <laughs> you know, it's the kind of thing where you're trying to... You're trying to show only. It's action. It's all action. It's show, don't tell. That's the, you know, one of the biblical rules of screenwriting. Show, don't tell. Show, don't tell. You know, we can't see that. So when you're when you're writing a novel, you can whisper in figures, speaking already and have laborious descriptions of this and that. You know, it's like, oh, it was a red thing that he picked up and used. And it's like, it doesn't matter. We might not be able to get a red one. You know, it might be green, but you look at that, the reader goes start checking it up. You know, this is too detailed. Um, what you say is a lot, makes a lot of bit of sense as far as the detail of elaborating on your scripts. So let's take a moment. I want to shine a light on your latest work. Um, uh, metric, I believe, I'm, if I'm not pronouncing that right, please let me know. Meteoric. Oh, meteoric. Okay, meteoric. There we go. Um, with 14 awards already attached to it since its release in 2022. Can you tell us a little bit about the storyline, if you would? Okay. So back in June of 2016, a meteorite came down in Arizona, and it had a big sign of boom associated with it and split up 
happened to fragments, land down in the reservation, and everybody was running out there trying to find this because meteorites are very valuable. So I saw this on the news. It was captured on a guy's dash cam as he was driving to work at 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's what he said he was doing. And he had this dash cam video, and I thought, that is amazing. Wouldn't it be something if two couples that had very different agendas arrived at the meteorite at the same time? What kind of confrontation would take place, given that this is in the middle of the desert, and, you know, things, things happen in the desert? So that was the basis of the story. Uh, when I made the film Zap, and after it got into the festivals that it did, one of the directors of the festivals decided she wanted a part in it and became the executive producer, and we were underway. So then I had to go back to the guy with the dash cam and get permission to use his video, which he was remarkably cooperative. And so we got this project underway. The, and in the story, what happens is both the guys have an agenda of they want to cut up the meteorite for one reason. One guy's an astronomer, he wants to cut it up for an analysis. Uh, there's a cowboy, and he wants to cut off a hunt to make a, a beautiful gemstone, which you can make out of meteorites so that he can give his girlfriend a, um, an, a proper engagement ring. So the guys have the agenda of doing something destructive to the meteorite, and both the women want to preserve it. So when they get together at the meteor, well, I can't tell you that. We're still in the festival circuit. You'll have to catch it at a film festival <laughs> near you and wait till it comes out on streaming after that. <laughs> Did you hear that, Philip? Could be the alien. It could be. I'm telling you, there's a script right there. <laughs> uh, there probably is. Yeah, I've written a few alien things um, um, along the way, but uh, yeah. Um, I did get when I was reading. So I didn't include it in my questions, but just because we're talking aliens. Um, there was an interesting name that I ran across that you were talking about. You had went into a restaurant and you came out and you saw a cactus that was in neon and you called it neon cactus for a film. Am I correct on that or am I getting it messed up a little bit on that? No, you're correct on that. It was a, it was a Mexican restaurant and I had uh, enjoyed several cervezas. And I came out, and there was a gift shop right next to the restaurant. And in the window was this neon lamp that was a saguaro cactus. And I said, hey, there's a neon cactus. That would make a good script title. <laughs> well, that, that ended up becoming a script title. That was actually the script that did uh, very well in the Academy Foundation's um, uh, competition. Um, and it's a story that's based on a true incident that I seem to recollect. Um, it's about healing wartime post-traumatic stress and in a multi-dimensional way. And uh, the guide for this guy to heal this wartime post-traumatic stress that he has is one of those big, tall cactus creatures like we have out here. Wow. Wow, yeah. that, that is a lot. Yeah, if you go out and actually hang out with a cactus, you'll, you'll, you'll think things that are not the normal things that you think. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I might need I might need a few tequila shots for that. 
Excuse me. As we as we dive in deeper into your films, let's discuss your directional debut, which I have to say is Zap. Tell us about the film and your experience as its director. Well, one night during the pandemic, I had a dream about an astronomer doing a podcast, and he was um, not having the technical issues we're having. <laughs> Outside, with a telescope pointing at the center of our galaxy, and he was talking all of these facts and marveling about astronomical. So he got this enormous, huge, and he set it up, and it started sapping mosquitoes. Well, after zapped a mosquito, it gained energy, like a black hole does when it's the matter of the and so the zapper is getting bigger and bigger. The constant thing, this astronomer is noticing, he's going on and on into it. And then some bugs come in and on him and they swim at him and they drive him backwards and he steps into the aura of the bug zapper and that <laughs> He's taken to another dimension. He disappears just like the bugs. Wonderful. And what I say is that that's the movie. So. I submitted this festival, which is a great festival. It won that, that year's competition. And my partner, Leslie, said, you know what? We're making this film. It was during the pandemic. We shot at night. Everybody was masked up. We did a lot of good prep work. Um, we shot the film. It was like six minutes long. Uh, it turned out great. We got into 55 film festivals around the world. And I was doing a lot of praying that these other movies have had. It was a flawless shoot. It was so flawless, we have a pack of coyotes that hang out where we live in Arizona. We're kind of in a neighborhood, but the neighborhood, our land has desert terrain on it. There are coyotes all over the place. They showed up and they howled during the filming of the movie, and the instructions were given to cast and crew. The only person who can react to that is the actor, and um, knock yourself out, howl back at the coyotes if you want to. And so that happened, they contributed. Um, the actor held back, it was an amazing little sequence in there. But now the the coyotes are wanting to get into the actor's room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just felt... <laughs> yes. I felt that something was coming for that. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being on the program this evening. Even though we've had the, a little bit of technical issue, um, I want to thank you so much for being on. You've been a fabulous interview, and I would love to have you back anytime you're willing to give us time. I want to thank our, our listeners. Thank you so much for being Ooh. with us every evening. So please come back again, would you, Phil? Absolutely, no problem. Just ask me. I mean, I'm always, I'm always happy to talk. Wonderful. Thank you so much. To everyone, have a great evening. We'll, si we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye for now.